Welcome to View from the Top of the Goalpost. Got it right this time. No rewind for me. I'm your host, Diesel. Joining you from Diesel's Dapper Dungeon of Delight, we got the pop father here, Chadillac. Cradle, no, Dadillac. Chad, it mixed your name and your nickname together. But uh, here he is. <laughs> yes. Hi. Hi, I'm here. Yes, and once again, as you will all notice, it, everything has subtly changed this week. And it will continue to subtly change each and every week until my office comes to its conclusion of completion. But that's not today. But there is a whole bunch of new shelves up there, and some pops have moved around, and there's some new ones on the shelf. So if you notice a new pop, you can help comment down below, because there's definitely some new cool ones there. Yeah, oh, and also sure. quick. Oh, yeah. Sidebar, I just wanted to say as well but before we start the show. You remember that one year that Madden had the rewind feature where you could yeah. rewind like three plays a game? Most addictive yeah. thing ever, and I always did it within the first like two minutes of the game. That was like early 360 Madden. Yeah, I remember that. They had it, I think, in a couple years they've had it. There, for a couple games they had it. But yeah, I remember that too. Uh, I would have to turn it off because I would abuse it. Um, it's, then it's not as fun. Sometimes it's fun when you know that you can't always win. But uh, I'm still here in Lambeau Field. Maybe uh, I can move around from stadium to stadium. Who knows? Subtle Ooh. changes. I probably won't because that's going to involve me uh, traveling. And I don't yeah. want to do that. And you're a family man now. You don't have the time yep. to travel. Yep, I ain't no rocking man like Elton John. But Anywho... <laughs> Before we get into the picks, I figure we might as well just get the elephant out of the room and uh, talk about what happened uh, Monday night with uh, the Jets and Bills game with Aaron Rodgers going down after only four snaps. It was nuts because before that even happened, the hype, like Aaron Rodgers running out with the American flag on September 11th, just outside of New York City, like, I don't know, you could feel the energy through your TV, like... It was, like, I was excited. I was really excited for this game. And then, so quick, it just, uh, it just happened so fast. And I knew, I knew the second, like, he sat down, like, oh, no, he's hurt. Because I watched him play for the better part of 20 years. And he's played through injuries. Like, he had a broken thumb last year, broken toe two years ago. Like, yeah, he's played through injuries throughout his career. And, like, yeah, when he doesn't get back up, you know there's something wrong. Yeah, I actually was not in the room when the play occurred that Aaron Rodgers went down on, and I was, like, getting a drink. And as it happened, uh, my wife Allison yelled from our patio saying, Aaron Rodgers just went down. And then I went back to him, like, I went to grab my phone, and you'd already texted me going, oh, no, I think he shattered his ankle. And immediately I was like, well, this is about the most deflating thing ever for a Jets fan and one of the best moments ever as a Patriots fan. Because boy, howdy, we got a shot at this division now. And for being a Packers fan, like I don't even care about the draft pick. There's a lot of Packers fans that are like, oh, we're not gonna get a first now. It's like, well, if Aaron Rodgers would have played like the whole season, chances are we would have got like a high, like, I don't know. In the Probably somewhere in the 20s. 20s. Yeah. yeah, mid to upper 20s draft pick. Um, now we're going to probably get maybe top 10, top 15 in the second round. 
we're only talking about moving 15 20 spots which isn't in the grand scheme of thing isn't that bad and plus you, you have two second round draft picks now you can always trade and move up for you know like Packers have been drafting pretty well in the last few years so like I don't know what people are even worried about like like oh we didn't get a first round draft pick for him well we got two sec we got yeah we got two second rounds for him like I think we're I think we're gonna do pretty well but uh yeah you still don't want to see it though you never want to root for injuries and stuff like that no. and I was I was a Packers fan that was still excited to see Aaron Rodgers play for the Jets like I'm I'm glad that he wasn't a part of the Packers even before the injury because I was ready for Jordan Love um and it was time to go and. But, like, you don't want to see this. Like, you don't want to see it for anybody. And it just, I don't know. But, I mean, then after the game, he totally threw Nathaniel Hackett under the bus by saying how he hates the chop block plays and all that stuff. And if you're going to tell me that Aaron Rodgers didn't pick the first four plays and the script, like, you're crazy. Like, those were his plays. He... He's not 26 years old. He's trying to extend the play, and the turf had something to do with it because his foot got caught under him. Like, maybe in grass, his foot would have slid. Or, like, who knows? It, it's unfortunate. There's a lot of reasons. It's not just one thing that it happened. It's just, yeah, the offensive line, too. Like, it, I mean, you can blame the Jets for paying all this money for a 40-year-old quarterback and not investing in their offensive line. You know, like, they knew going into this, if you watch Hard Knocks, they knew their offensive line sucked. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, this was going to happen at some point this season, I'm sure. Not maybe this injury, but, like, oh, man. If the NFL was scripted, this is exactly how they would write it. Like, every, like, I don't know. It was a good uh, plot twist. This, it was a real Game of Thrones moment, for sure, with uh, the main character of this season going down within, you know, the first four plays of the game. And yes, as a personal, like, fan, I've really never, I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I don't, like, I get that he's a great quarterback. I respect him as, like, a player and everything like that. I'm not a player, but you know what I'm saying when I say I respect him. But I just don't personally like the guy. I think he's kind of an arrogant prick, and I always think that he's one of those guys that's been put on a pedestal, and he got a lot of passes, for a lot of bullshit things that he did wrong and no one ever called him out for it. It was always just, oh, it was someone else's fault. Oh, he needed this. Oh, he needed more help. Oh, the defense should have picked him up. And I was always the guy, well, if he's so effing great, then why wasn't he the one who lifted everyone else up to the level they needed to be at instead of making everyone else come? It, I just, whatever. I didn't even, I was very upset to see him go down in the first four plays of the game. I wanted to see how this Aaron Rodgers experiment played out. I was hoping it was going to be an abject failure anyways, but I didn't want to see it end in injury. I want to see him just get his ass kicked all over the field for the whole season. So watching him go down those first four plays is rough for the Jets. And truly, I don't know what is out there. If anything is out there, I'm not making a stance on that. But whatever may or may not be, sure as hell hates the Jets. And I don't really know what they did but they clearly pissed off some kind of cosmic deity because, damn, that is just, even though they won the game, it still feels like they lost. I mean, I'm sure it was back in Super Bowl Four when Joe Namath sold his soul to the devil because the 
Baltimore Colts at the time were uh, heavy favorites to win that game, and Joe Namath guaranteed a win. He sold the soul of the devil, and the Jets have been paying for it ever since. This is like the curse of the Billy Goat. So it's got to be 100 years, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we won't be alive to see a Jets Super Bowl. We will not. And maybe the NFL won't be. But who knows? Who knows? But uh, I do not argue with anything that uh, you have said about Aaron Rodgers, like, as a person. Uh, There were years where I think that he did hold, like, the team up when they didn't have very much talent. But, yes, he did never really put the blame on himself and was always looking to blame others. And that's why Mike McCarthy got axed. Deservedly so, but he still got axed because of Aaron Rodgers. And and I think Brian Gutenkunst, Packers GM, is in a better spot now that Aaron Rodgers is gone because the spotlight is kind of like, it's not as bright on him as it was when Aaron Rodgers was here because Aaron Rodgers was shining the light on him. But yeah, it sucks. Jets say they're going to continue with... Uh, Zach Wilson, which, I mean, kind of have to at this point because no one else knows the offense. They're talking about bringing in Joe Flacco or some other vet, which I'm guessing is going to be Joe Flacco because he backed him up last year. So I guess we'll wait and see. It just, just sucks. It's bad for the NFL as a whole because, I mean, like him or hate him, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest players of all time, and it's just, yeah, I'm just – Personally glad as a Packers fan that it didn't happen while he was playing for the Packers because we went through that twice and didn't really work out very well for us. So if he would have still been a Packer and this would have happened, that probably meant we would have traded away Jordan Love or something like that and we'd be screwed. And so, yeah, so I just pray that Jordan Love stays healthy all year. Okay, feel better now, Diesel? Got that all off your chest? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know where we live. If you listen to the radio, that's all they've been talking about since Monday. Like, like he's not even a Packer anymore. And that's everything they've been talking about on the radio is Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. So I felt like I had to get my two cents in as well. I fully respect that, and that's 100% why we have this podcast. And I, 100%, really don't give that many shits about it. So that's why I put in what I had, and now I'm ready to move on to week two, baby. Oh, yeah, well, speaking, oh, we got to go back to week one because we got to recap picks. And, yeah, Chad didn't have the best week in week one, but, I mean, it's week one. Like, I didn't know what I was doing week one. I got lucky to get 12 games right. I went 12-4, Chad went 9-7. Uh, yeah, I mean, you picked the Giants, but who saw the Giants getting routed 40 to nothing? And... Like, the Buffalo pick looked good for a while. <laughs> it really did. So, I mean, things could have uh, went a little differently. Carolina was in that game for a while, too. So, like, things could have went yeah. a little bit differently. But, yeah, the Pittsburgh and Giants picks don't look so good. They do not. And I do have to go over real quick. Uh, you saw the graphic for the overall records, and I'll quickly put up the graphic for the locks. They'll go right there. As you can see, all three of the bronze, silver, and gold locks all got wrong because the commies need to get in the bin, the saints need to get in the bin, and then it was the bronze lock, folks. But I really thought Carolina was going to win that game. 
But fun fact, I did go 3-0 on all the bonus locks as the Lions won, the Ravens won by more than 10, and also Colorado won for college football. So then what was what was the gold lock and silver lock? Like, the I don't Saints, write, I don't remember. The Saints like, were the silver lock of the week so and have, they only I won by that one. On the spreadsheet, I don't re- and I don't mark exactly what the lock is for. Yeah, it was the Saints minus three and a half, and then the uh, commies minus seven. Gotcha. I would mark them as you got them right because they won those games. But whatever. You do you. Thanks. Yeah, so who knows what's going to happen this week because I feel like week one, I don't know who's good. I don't know what's going to happen this week. There was a bunch of... Shocking things that happened in week one that we're probably going to discuss, and we might as well get into picking week two. And starting with the Thursday night game, first game on Amazon Prime this year, hit that 7.15 Thursday night, Central Time. We have the 0-1 Minnesota Vikings traveling to the 1-0 Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are favored by seven. With an over-under of 48 and a half, I personally think that seven's a little much. I mean, I know that Minnesota didn't play very well on uh, Sunday. They lost to Tampa Bay. But the Eagles had their hands full with New England. And I do think New England's a better team than Minnesota. But I don't know. I would probably go more with like five and a half if I was like setting the line. But uh you, you can pick first. I picked first last week. I stole your Detroit pick. You can go first with this one. Uh, well, first of all, I, you know, no one likes to say it. No one really ever wants to say it. But I <laughs> told you so, everyone. The Vikings are a garbage team. And hey, guess what? They just started off the season in. They were in a one score game. And how'd it go, folks? Oh, wait. They're now 0 and 1 in one score games to start the season. To begin my bold prediction from the uh, pre-show that we did way back when, because I said they were going to lose every one-score game they were in this year, because they won every single one they were in last year, and just I was just happy to watch the Baker Mayfield-led Tampa Bay shitfires beat the Vikings. It was hilarious, and I I'm all over the Eagles this week. I once again I'm not putting any locks on it. But I will put a bonus lock on this because I think seven isn't enough. I think, once again, the Vikings might be angry that they lost, but Philly is pissed off at how they won that game. And they're going to come out and they are going to harass Kirk Cousins. Did you see what the Buccaneers defensive line did to that Vikings offensive line? Kirk Cousins was running for his life. I think Kirk Cousins might get eaten in this game. I think that, oh, and I can't think of his name now, the Eagles rookie, might win rookie of the year from this game alone. He might go off for five sacks. Yeah, Carter. Sorry, could not think of Carter's name there. Five sacks in this game. I wouldn't be shocked because literally who is blocking out there? The Buccaneers looked like Warren Sapp was back out there because it was embarrassing. So, yeah, I I got the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't can't talk suddenly. And I got them as a bonus lock. Take the minus seven. Eat the points. I think Philly wins this game going away. I mean, I'm obviously taking Philly as well. 
because um, I don't think that Minnesota is great, but they have talent still. Like they have Justin Jefferson. I think Addison is an okay back, and he had a decent game. Uh, I don't know why the Vikings stopped throwing to Jefferson in the second half. Uh, it it doesn't make sense to me because he's their playmaker. He's the best receiver in the NFL. He's going to win you games, especially against teams like Tampa Bay, who has a good defense, but their defense isn't what it was when they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. I think Kirk Cousins is just mediocre quarterback. like, And he's starting to be able to not even win noon games. So, also, it's a 7-15 game on Thursday. It's primetime. He ain't winning this game. Oh, so, yeah, definitely not. I maybe, didn't even think about the primetime Maybe prime time seven first. points isn't enough. Maybe you're right. So I'm definitely going Philadelphia. And I don't know. There's There was a lot of sloppy play uh, week one. It's almost as if, like, the NFL should do this thing, like, maybe a month before the season where they play maybe two or three exhibition games. And... That don't, like, count. Like, maybe they wouldn't count towards, like, your overall record at the end of the yeah, year, right? Huh? Exactly. Huh? You get in there. You can make your mistakes. You can knock all the rust off. I mean, damn, that sounds like a really good idea, right? Hey, I don't, I don't know who, like, actually watches or listens to this podcast. But if you got any, like, connections in the NFL, like, I mean, send this off the chain. Like, free, free advice for the NFL right here. Like, no charge at all. Just, you know, shout our names out whenever it, this actually happens. The perfect name for it, too. Preseason. Because it's before Ooh. the regular season, like it's not after the regular season. It's I, not postseason. I like... We that's the playoffs. Yeah, preseason. It makes so much sense. I just I kept on hearing all weekend long. All the announcers say like, "Oh, it's almost like week one is a preseason game for all these teams because they didn't play in the preseason." It's like, do you hear what you're saying? You just play in the preseason then. Like it happened to the Packers two years in a row these last two years before this year they didn't play in the preseason they came out and they did nothing and that happened to a lot of good teams this weekend and yeah it yeah it it bothers me because even if you play like a full game like in those three games like you're getting reps you're knocking the rust off it's just play your starters at least a little bit get them ready for the season because they can't hit in practice anymore it's just yeah it was a lot of sloppy play and i don't like to see it this is like the sloppiest week one i can remember that was pretty rough to watch i mean when the first like opening like three minutes of red zone were just fumble after fumble after interception after just bad like play it was it was very hard the first few minutes you didn't get a touchdown for a bit and then it was just like, oh, another fumble. Oh, another goal line fumble. Ooh, a goal line interception. Like, it it did really look like many of these teams did need a preseason tune-up that they did not take the opportunity of the three games that were presented to them. All right, well, we're moving on to the first game at noon on Sunday. It is the 1-0 Green Bay Packers traveling to the 1-0 Atlanta Falcons. Green Bay is favored by two in this game with a 40 and a half over under i feel like this is a lot tougher to pick than a lot of people think it is because a lot of people saw the game against the bears on sunday and saw how well green bay played but the bears they didn't show up 
like they literally like there's a lot of people like look at anything that Claypool did. He did nothing. He just stood there. I think he uh, dropped more passes than he actually caught. So like I saw a breakdown of the sack by Lucas Van Ness when uh, I think it was like third down. There's there were third and goal, and Justin Fields went and scrambled out, but like there was no one to throw to. Like the linemen were like blocking like it was a run, but the tight end was just standing there and like. Yeah, it was a total, like, nobody knew what they were doing. Like, they had the narrative all week long talking all this trash that finally Aaron Rodgers is gone. Like, it's a new era. We're finally going to beat the Packers. That's all they focused on. Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore, so they can't beat us. The bad man's gone. He can't hurt us anymore. And it's not true. Like Tom Grossi said, it's not Aaron Rodgers that owns the Bears. It's the Green Bay Packers that owns the Bears until they prove otherwise. And... I mean, I loved every minute of it. I'm not going to lie. Jordan Love looked really good. He had the highest quarterback rating in week one. Three touchdown passes, 245 yards. He looked good. No interceptions. He only got sacked once. Just, But it was against the Bears. So, like, that's the thing. Like, they looked so good. Defense looked awesome. That pick six from uh, Quay Walker, where he, like, he just bounced off that lineman, and then he split the two, like, other linemen, and, then just ran right through the guys at the goal line. It was a good game. It was a fun game to watch. Romeo Dobbs, Aaron Jones. I mean, obviously I'm picking the Packers. I mean, I'm not not going to pick the Packers, but I do think that it's going to be tough because if they can't stop the rush on offense from Atlanta, that they're going to have a long day. I'm not too worried about Atlanta passing on Green Bay, I think that they have a good enough pass rush, and Ritter was horrible against the pass against Carolina last week. So I feel like they'll be fine when it comes to passing. So if they can shut down the run, I don't think they'll have much problem on defense. And I think that Packers offense can outplay the Atlanta defense. So I'm going Green Bay. Well, Diesel, here is our first differing opinion of the week. I am going to take the Atlanta Falcons to win this game. And I am not taking the Atlanta Falcons because I don't believe that the Packers are going to be a good team this year, or at least a solid team this year. I just believe that going into Atlanta against this road grader of an offensive line. Yes, last week, the Packers defense and defensive line all looked like world beaters out there. But once again, you gotta look at the offensive line that was playing for the other team because boys and girls from top to bottom, there is not a star on that Chicago offensive line. For as much capital as they had this past off season, they really shit the bed on trying to improve that offensive line, basically at all. It is horrendous. Once again, the two NFC North teams that lost this last week, they lost basically because their quarterback was running for their life 95% of the game. And I just don't see that changing for either of these two teams. But we're not talking about the Bears right now. We're talking about Atlanta, whose offensive line is top five in the NFL. And not only do they have Algier, who is just a cannonball 
of a running back. They added this freaking monster that is Bijan Robinson. And if that two-headed monster even gets slightly cooking, I see this game being a shootout. Fun fact. And I like Youngway Koo a little more than I like the rookie kicker for the Green Bay Packers. Anders Carlson, who nailed the 52-yarder that went right down the middle and would have been good from like 65. That guy? I'm not saying he's not going to be a solid kicker or even a good kicker. I just am saying I don't trust him in a big moment at this time. And I think this game comes down to the fourth quarter. And folks, this is the bronze lock of the week because I want you to hammer this over. At 40 and a half, I think this game is going to come to be a 27-24 game. It's gonna not, it's not gonna like blow the over out of the way. 11 points is a fair amount. But yes, I see some points being scored in this game. I see a couple long plays maybe, because Atlanta is also subject to giving up some big plays. And if Christian Watson plays, or Romeo Dobbs keeps improving, or freaking, I why can't I, Van Ness, no. Uh, Van Ness doesn't fall down on that play. Musgrave, Van Ness Musgrave. is their, uh, their outside linebacker slash end. Yes. I, I cannot remember like Musgrave's name. For some reason, Musgrave's name escapes me every time. So I think this game could score some points in it. And I think Atlanta's passing attack does get better. So silver or bronze lock of the week, hammer this over at 40 and a half points. And I'll oh, take yeah, Atlanta to win. Before we move on. Do you think, though, that Green Bay's defense is better than Carolina's defense? I think it's almost a wash. Because uh, I actually respect Carolina's defense uh, a lot more than maybe some others do. So, And I they think they're both very young units that have a lot of upside at a lot of the key positions. So I don't really say that I would classify Green Bay's defense as really that much better. I think they have probably... They have a better overall corner on, you know, the one side. They have a superstar corner. But besides that, I would say a lot of the other, you could kind of go tit for tat, if you will. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like as a whole for their team, they have a different swagger about them just because Aaron Rodgers is gone. Like, they're all behind Jordan Love. And it's very obvious and evident that they are. I don't know. It It just feels different. Like, it makes me feel like this defense is going to play better this year. But they're unproven because they were not great last year. And two years ago, they were horrible. So, I mean, they're they're unproven. I hope for the best, though. But we'll move on to the second game at noon on Sunday. And that is the 0-1 Seattle Seahawks traveling to the 1-0 Detroit Lions. The Lions are favored by 5.5. 47 and a half point over under and i want to like i'm probably going to take back my bold prediction for the year and so that uh, seattle is going to win this division over san francisco because yeah seattle lost to the rams and i still don't think the rams are very good and i mean it is a division game week one but the way that san francisco looked it's just that it's not looking very good for me with that pick but yeah detroit went into Kansas City and beat the reigning world champions. I mean, they didn't have Kelsey, they didn't have Chris Jones, and I feel like having 
either one of those guys probably would have been enough of the difference to have the Chiefs won. They lost by one point. But Goff had all day to throw. And, like, I'm on Ross St. Brown had a good game. Um, uh, David Montgomery had a good game. Now, he hasn't lost a step. And I feel like he's been in the league a lot longer than he has been. Oh. And he's like young he's, as hell. It feels, I agree with yeah, you, though. It feels like he's he just, been around for forever. Yeah, he just uh, finished his rookie deal. Like, he's in his fifth year. I feel like he, like, it feels like he's been there for like 10 years. He was with the Bears for like 10 years. He was a typical Bears running back, though, for sure. But, uh, dude's a workhorse. Lions looked good on both sides of the ball. I mean, they played a little sloppy, but they played as good as people are expecting them to play. And they played up to the level of the Chiefs, even though the Chiefs weren't at their best. And Chiefs don't have a receiver on that team. Like, I think the Kadarius-Tony trade from last year was silly. I thought it was silly the moment they made it. And to not lock down Juju Smith-Schuster and think that Tony is actually a number one receiver is the craziest thing ever. I know that you were definitely banking on having Travis Kelsey all year healthy, but you can't do that kind of stuff. They should have locked down Juju. Like, he was a big part of their Super Bowl run last year. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, we're not talking about the Chiefs. I'm sorry I got into that. But, uh, Detroit looked really good. Seattle did not. But part of me wants to say Seattle has Detroit's number. They beat them last year. I know it's in Detroit. I can't go against Detroit just because of, with it being at home, the fans are going to be crazy. The like, like I've been saying since last year, they've rallied around Dan Campbell. It's something is happening in Detroit that we have never seen like since Barry Sanders days. It's it's crazy. Um, I'm going with Detroit, but I think that Seattle is actually going to put up a fight because they have to, and I think they're better than what they played against the Rams. And that's a division game, and we all know what happens in division games. So I'm hoping that was the case. But I'm also kind of thinking that maybe it wasn't. Maybe Gino just had one good year in him and used up all the magic last year. I'm of two minds of this game. I really I don't think Seattle is as bad as they played this last week. And I also don't know how much I fully trust the Lions. I, I will say, I did not actually watch the Thursday night game. My wife and I actually went and saw Eliza Schlesinger here in Milwaukee. So it was a great comedy show. So I only actually saw the final, I want to say maybe five, six minutes of the game. I basically got to watch Kadarius Tony drop the pass that Travis Kels would have caught and probably ran down to the like five yard line so the Chiefs could have won the game. But that is neither here nor there. I just, I really kind of see a letdown here for the Lions. They were up so high. And in some ways, I think the extra rest might hinder them a little bit because they've had to so much extra time to listen to everyone talk about how good they are and how much this Lions team has improved. 
And believe me, I still think this Lions team will win the division. But I also think this Lions team will lose some stupid games that they probably shouldn't lose. And you started this off with Seattle kind of has Detroit's number. And you know who also had Seattle's number and always has had Seattle's number? His name is the Rams. The Rams always beat uh, Seattle. So it's just the way it is. I'm going to take Seattle here. Once again, I'm already down in the project, or I'm already down on our overall predictions. So might as well either dig the grave a little bit deeper or climb a little bit out. So give me Seattle. I like it. I like it. Like I, you know that I like Seattle. I'm like Gino. Um, I like it. Uh, moving on. Sunday noon. We have the 0-1 Chicago Bears traveling to the 1-0 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are favored by three with a 41-point over-under. Chat, are the Bears going to get baked? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. That's right there. Uh, that deserves a round of applause. I mean, I wish that I could take credit for that, but. I heard a radio caller say that, and I'm like, I love it. Uh, I don't know what radio caller you heard that from, but I'm glad that I had heard it from you. So in my mind, it'll be you who came up with that line. But yes, man, uh, to hark back, I don't even really need to talk about this game that much because I am going to stick with Tampa Bay in this game. I think they are the Tampa Bay shit fires. Like they are a terrible team. I don't really understand even exactly who's playing for this team because I don't care enough about it to look it up. But they made the Vikings look terrible because the Vikings don't have an offensive line. And you know who also doesn't have an offensive line? As I already stated earlier, the Chicago Bears. And I think that the Buccaneers are gonna be the most surprising 2-0 team in the NFL. And give me the Buccaneers. And I, I, what's the line on this game? Three. You know what? Justin Fields, you have you let me down every time I bet on you. So why not just try and go the opposite way? Boys and girls, this will be the silver lock of the week. Eat those three points. And you know what? Hit up the Buccaneer or the Tampa Bay shit fires. It's, you know, let's ride with Baker. And you know what? Let's all get baked get together because I'm definitely going to ride with Baker this week. I am also going with Tampa Bay. I think uh, Vita is going to just eat Justin Fields alive. Um, Vita Ve- I don't remember his name. It's one of those combinations of a name. No, uh, you're right the first time. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, I, I don't think the Bears are any good. I am starting to think that they might be worse than Arizona. But, I mean, it's not fair, really, because it's week one. Arizona played better, but, like, I don't know. I don't know what happened with Chicago. I don't know if they just, like, they let it get to them, like, too much that they're playing Green Bay, and it just, everything collapsed. Because, like, it seemed like from the Chicago fan base and, like, what they were saying, like, to the media was, like, they had some things figured out. They fixed some things with Justin Fields, like all this stuff, but that's not what it looked like. They looked like a three-win team for sure. 
I think they looked worse than they looked last year. At least at the end of last year, I felt like the Bears were on an upward trajectory a little bit. Like they were yeah. losing games, but they were one score games. It it looked like they were, you know, ascending. And this yeah. legitimately looked like they took five steps backwards. Tampa Bay has a better roster. They're not much better, but I mean they still have Mike Evans for one last year. It's the Mike Evans farewell tour. I'm glad that I always like it when you know that they're not coming back. I think Tampa Bay botched that. They should have made that guy a lifer. I just hope that he goes to Green Bay and plays a twilight years there. That'd be pretty awesome. I wouldn't be mad about that at all. But From uh, New England. Bill yeah. Belichick's always loved you. <laughs> but yeah, I just I don't see the Bears winning this game. I do kind of see it being close-ish, one-score game. But just because I also think that Tampa Bay is – one of the weaker teams in the NFC. So, went on. Next game is game I almost tied twice last year, but only tied once. We have the 0-1 Indianapolis Colts traveling to the 0-1 Houston Texans. Colts are favored by a point and a half with a 40-point over-under. Who you got in this game? I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, well, let's, both I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just pick this on the easiest, simple thing. I think Anthony Richardson looked way better than CJ Stroud, Stroud did. Uh, and I just, I don't know. I'm not going to be watching this game except for red zone. And the fact that I have Damian Pierce in a couple leagues. So I, I could use a Damian Pierce touchdown. That'd be nice. Uh, but sans that. I don't care about this game, and I am staying the hell away from the AFC South for gambling, especially when they're playing each other, because all bets are off. I don't, as you said, these games, all they tied last year. The teams that shouldn't win, win. They're like, teams actually just shut other teams out when they shouldn't. No, I'm just, I'm done with this division. I'm just going to take the Colts, and I'm going to go home. <laughs> they almost tied twice. Remember, Houston went for two. And week uh, 18 last year. So As the Lovie Bears Smith's uh, big F you to yeah. uh, firing yeah. him. If yep. he would have went for the extra point, they would have tied twice. Um, and they would have had the number one overall pick. I will say, I felt like both of these teams looked promising. I think Indianapolis looked more promising than Houston. But in the first half against Baltimore, Houston defense was really like playing. Um, and they actually, I actually thought that they might have had a shot in that game. And of course, Baltimore started pulling away in the second half and it's definitely the better team, but I like, I like what I see in Houston for the future. Not right now. They're not going to have that good of a year. I, when I drafted for fantasy, I tried to make it a point to stay away from Damian Pierce just because of the fact I think he's going to have a sophomore slump with a rookie QB. I just... I don't know. I think he's a good running back, but I just think this year isn't going to be his best year. Uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Indianapolis for the same reason because I feel like in week 1, the best rookie quarterback hands down was Anthony Richardson and I liked his energy, I liked his confidence. He needs to learn how to slide, but other than that, I really liked what I saw out of him, and I'm hoping 
that he's actually the guy in Indianapolis and he, he'll be there for a little while because I'm starting to feel bad for them with the luck they've had at quarterback since losing Andrew Luck. So <laughs> that wasn't intentional, but yeah. Like yeah, it. so I'm going Indy. Oh, hey, well, <clears throat> moving on to the next game. At noon, we have the Las Vegas Raiders traveling. They're 1-0. Traveling to the 0-1 Buffalo Bills. Both of us had this the other way around. Or no, actually, I did pick against Buffalo. My bad. Uh, but, yeah, you had it the other way around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this game, Buffalo is favored by 8.5. After looking, they did not look good against the Jets. No. Josh Allen. Oh, man. That was the worst game I've ever seen Josh Allen play. Um, Is he just Brett Favre 2.0? Like, legitimately, can we just now, like, really just put that to bed? It's truly who he is. Two out of his three picks, he just threw it up with a wing and a prayer. Nobody was back there except for uh, uh, Jets. And, like, it's like, like, I text you, I'm like, I feel like I'm watching Brett Favre from 2003. I've seen this before. Like, he just chucked it up there and just was hoping someone was going to come down with it. And, like, maybe my guy's out there. I think I, I think one of those guys is on that route. They might be out that far. And the football gods probably felt so bad for the Jets. And they're probably, like, aiding all these turnovers by Josh Allen. But that, that botch snap that then he turned into a fumble – like you can't do that right there. That's that's why you lost the game, because if you would have drove down the field, ate some clock, kicked a field goal, you would have had the lead. And man, the Bills did not like what I saw out of the Bills. I didn't really watch much of the Raiders game because I was watching the Packers game. Um, Josh McDaniels still losing game for the Broncos. Uh, I do love that fact. That's the greatest stat ever. Um, <laughs> but it's, I don't know. I don't think the Raiders are very good. I don't know what Denver was doing in that game. Uh, but I don't think Las Vegas was the better team in that game. I, Like I said, I didn't watch much of it, so I don't even really know what happened. But I do know that the Bills... When coming off a loss, they usually come back playing a lot better. They're at home. It's home opener. They're definitely a better team than Las Vegas. I can't go against the Bills. I'm going with the Bills. Eight and a half is a large spread, but they're going to cover I feel like they're, they're going to win by 10. I'm, I'm, I don't really feel the need to harp on this game for too long. Because I'm also taking the Bills. I'm not going to put any money on this game because I don't have much faith in the Bills this year at all. And I just, you just never know what Raiders team is going to show up. Just my only real question is how, and actually, no, we'll get to it in a minute. I don't even need to ask that question now. So we can just move on. I'm taking Buffalo. I'm not betting this game because I don't trust Josh Allen anymore. And I could see him making this game close by just making some Brett Favre plays once again and just hucking the ball and the Raiders getting some easy, like, short fields and stupid things happening. I will say for the Bills, though, I think that this is James Cook's year. Like, he's he's been good his whole career, but he's always been – he always played second fiddle. I think 
now that he's like the guy, like he looked really good. Like that was one of the bright spots that the Bills had, James Cook. Um, I think that he looked better than his brother on the other side of the ball. Um, but I mean, Delvin Cook also is in a new offense and he's aging. But I don't know. And he's I playing feel like behind the Jets' offensive line. That hey, Reese Hall didn't have a problem with that. But uh, <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I really feel like uh, James Cook is going to have a huge year this year. But uh, and how weird is it that like the top like what is considered the top three teams of the AFC all went down week one. Bills, no. uh, Chiefs, and moving into our next game, we have the one and zero Baltimore Ravens traveling to the zero and one Cincinnati Bengals, and this one is very interesting to me. Cincinnati is favored by three, and I can see why Vegas would do that because at home, Baltimore didn't look great, but I mean, they won. Um, some key injuries too. The uh, over under is forty six and a half. You gotta feel bad for J.K. Dobbins, man. Like, yeah, I don't think he can't stay on the shot. field. Can't stay on the field. So like, much talent and just can't can't stay healthy. It's it's a rough. And he's still so young through. I mean, J.K. Dobbins. No, I, just, I, I don't think he's gonna get another shot. I just don't. Just because knee injury, then an Achilles injury. Like, oh man, it's rough, man. I felt really bad for him. Um, but I don't know, Lamar. He admitted it. He was rusty. And, I mean, I he didn't really play in the preseason. And he didn't play the second half of last year. So, he has to knock some rust off. Uh, hopefully, he knocked enough rust off because this is a division game. And Cincinnati needs it. If they start the year 0-2, both division losses, oh, <laughs> that's crazy. I... My my gut is telling me that Baltimore is going to win this game. But my heart is saying Cincinnati just because, I don't know. They started out really bad last year, too. And so I'm probably, probably going to be wrong on this one because it looks like they're having a similar start that they had last year. But with it being at home and it being 0-2 in the division that they're facing, I just... I like the three. I think that it's going to be a field goal game, and it could go right down to the last second. It could be between either Justin Tucker or McPherson, both good kickers. One is obviously better than the other, but uh, one's here, one there, because every other kicker is down here, because only one kicker yeah. is here. <laughs> but I mean, I like McPherson too. But I, too. Not, I mean, obviously Justin Tucker is. And what a great first argue, name! That greatest kid's of all got. time. What? I said, what a great first name that McPherson kid's got. I can't remember it. <laughs> it's a good one. But, yes, okay, I'm not going to put the gold lock on it, but bonus lock once again. I told you, I am all over. Call Ravens all year. I love me this. I am getting the Ravens plus points. Cincinnati's a slow-starting team. And this just plays into the fact that I think Baltimore wins this division. And in one of the main things about winning this division is they're going to sweep Cincinnati this year. And it starts here. I think Cincinnati really needed a preseason this year. Everyone was banged up and everyone still seems to be a little bit nicked up for Cincinnati. And they just don't look right. They looked 
horrendous against the Cleveland shitstorms. And once again, I might have called that game, but that doesn't matter. You should have proven me wrong. You're the Cincinnati Bengals. You should have made me look like an idiot and eaten that shit pie. But instead, you ate the shit pie. And I think once again, it's the Ravens, baby. I'm taking the Ravens and bonus lock. That's where the graphic comes up, right around over there. Bonus lock, Ravens, baby. I really liked what Jamar Chase had to say after the game about how he's talking about how he called them elves and now, like, they lost to a bunch of elves. I thought that was hilarious. Um, he took yeah. his uh, he took his uh, comeuppance like a man, for sure, on that yeah. one. Uh, but how about Miles Garrett just toying with uh, Joe Burrow, just sitting back there, just going back and forth. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? He's like, playing basketball out there. That's dude, just, man, it's... I know that. I mean, that's almost like a dick move, but it's not at the same time. It's actually kind of cool. It's, 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 there's a fine line. There's a fine, <laughs> it's right fine there. line. It's right there. It's a fine line. Um, oh, like speaking of something like that, how about uh, David Bakhtiari flipping off Romeo Dobbs for that play? And Romeo Dobbs comes up to him and says, why'd you do that? He just goes, I'm just messing with you, man. I'm just having some fun. It's like, okay, Bach. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for it. I'm all, I like that energy, you know? Have fun when you're playing the game, you know? Yeah. yeah. David so, Batiari does not give two Fs about anything. He knows that this is his last season in Green Bay, and he's definitely showing it. And I'm fine with that. Let's use every ounce of him that we can, uh, his energy and his talent. Uh, but, yeah, moving on. Next game. Sunday noon, we have the Los Angeles Chargers, who are 0-1, uh, playing the 0-1 Tennessee Titans. The Chargers are three-point favors with a 45-and-a-half point over-under. The Chargers looked good. On, the Chargers looked good and looked bad all at the same time on Sunday. It was the weirdest thing ever. Like, it was a shootout, but chargers also kept on shooting themselves in the foot oh man like uh eckler had a big game keen allen had a big game herbert had a big game but like nobody had as big of a game as tyree kill and that was the difference maker but i don't know how to feel about the chargers it was it was, it was that was the most week one game of all the week one games that you don't know, are the Chargers actually good? Are they bad? Are the Is Miami really good? Or is Miami not that good? Like, this was the biggest question mark for me because, I mean, I expect both these teams to make the playoffs, both of those teams to make the playoffs, but I don't know. I don't know. But Tennessee, on the other hand, they didn't look very good. They, I would say that New Orleans is, like, middle of the road in the NFC, and they just they didn't look very good i mean Tannehill's not the guy anymore derrick henry he's doing all he can but he's getting up there in age i mean they couldn't do anything against that like really great saints defense but i don't know i don't see tennessee winning this game i think tennessee's gonna have a pretty bad year to be honest with you they're lucky they're playing in the south because they still have a chance just because of that fact. But 
I think LA is going to win this game by more than three. I just, I just, I wouldn't bet on Tennessee like for very many games this year. I can boil this down pretty quickly. The Los Angeles Chargers, yes, I said it right this week, fine, are going to crush Tennessee. Tennessee doesn't have a quarterback. I don't think Ryan Tannehill makes it to week six as the starting QB for this team before he is either pulled for Will Levi's or uh, Malik Willis. Willis or whoever else, hell else they might pick up throughout the rest of this year because the Titans are, this is Derrick Henry's last year there. This is a lot of guys last year in Tennessee. I don't really understand why they picked up D-Hop. I think it was a terrible signing by them and D-Hop himself. is where receivers go to die. There's a yep. lot of evidence of that. It was a, just a horrendous idea, and I guess he just wanted that last paycheck because, yes, I say, and pass. once again, before we even reach the 3 o'clock games, boys and girls, this is your golden lock of the week, Hammer the Chargers in this game because the Tennessee defense isn't going to be able to hold back the Sandy or the Chargers offense at all. And the Tennessee offense cannot run with the San Diego, whatever I'm saying, San Diego, you can all get off my backs. I don't care. You'll get it right. One of these weeks. I got faith in you. San Diego's offense. So, I mean, this is just, this is a track star versus a third grader. This just isn't fair. I hammer the Chargers. They're going to win this game and get to one and one because boy, howdy, do they need to, especially with the Chiefs losing week one. They really wanted to win last week. So they really need to win this week. So I kind of got a sidebar question for you. And I'm not not poking funny. This happens to everybody. It happens to me. It happens to people on TV all the time. Why is it so much harder to not call them the San Diego Chargers, but it's no problem at all to like never say St. Louis Rams? I I, I really don't have a great answer at all. I think it all comes down to, and it really is, they had the greatest jingle of all time. And the jingle is what plays in my head every time I think about the San Diego Superchargers. And I can't not think about that when I think of the team. So every time I think of the Chargers, I have to try and auto-correct in my brain to cross off the San Diego part before my brain, my mouth starts moving. And as you've listened to me talk before, everyone knows my mouth moves way faster than my brain does. So my brain is always (laughs) trying to catch up and it never can get ahead. So... That's why I say San Diego every time. Those are facts. Um, moving on, we're finally to the last noon game of this noon slate. We have the 0-1 Kansas City Chiefs traveling to the 1-0 Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chiefs are favored by three with a 51-point over-under. You already were talking about this game and kind of foreshadowed it a little bit, so why don't you say what you got to say? Boys and girls, I think it's finally here. The regression of Kansas City. I think it's upon us. Finally, it's coming to an end. Now don't, don't, don't get, don't, I'm not putting the cart before the horse I thought you were going the other way. I thought you were going to say Jacksonville is finally them. (laughs) No, I don't believe that. that I I like where you're going with this thing. (laughs) I think that Kansas City has finally 
outthought themselves. They have finally, by not signing every player on offense and basically putting all of your eggs in the basket of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelce and having no one on the outside at all and an offensive line that's okay and a running game that's very suspect and a defense that isn't really that good at all without your one major star. I just think that Kansas City is going to lose the games that they always seem to win. Like the game on Thursday night, that game, I was not even, I thought I was betting on the Lions to win. I picked the Lions to win, but in my heart of hearts, I really was like, Kansas City's gonna win this game. I was picking the Lions with the points because I thought it'd be close. And I thought Kansas City would win in the end, like they always do, because that's what the that's what the Chiefs have done for the past like decade, it feels like. But you know what? The time is nigh. And the Jaguars, I feel like, are gonna pounce here in this situation because they're also coming for blood for last year's playoff loss, where they really felt like they could have won that game. And folks, they could have. It was close. Jacksonville right now is a far more complete team from top to bottom, from bottom to top. I mean, yes, Patrick Mahomes, I would definitely say he is better than Trevor Lawrence, but the division between the two isn't like the Grand Canyon or anything, folks. It's more like a subtle ravine or, you know, it's not that bad. You can bridge it with a rope bridge. You can get across it. Give me the... Jaguars here, folks. I think they win this game, and I think the Chiefs really have to make some question marks here. And I think maybe D-Hop might try and make his way off of that Tennessee roster. And Kansas City might be very active in the trade market. Yeah, I could see them making a move or attempting to make a move for D-Hop or even uh, Mike Evans, depending on how Tampa Bay season's going. Um, yeah, I I feel you, and not even to even talk about the regression of Kansas City. Yeah, talk about the like come up of Jacksonville. They're not there yet, but they have too many bright spots. Yeah, and then they they have they have more weapons than Kansas City. That's weird to say. Kansas City is, they've depleted themselves. And they started doing that last year, and somehow they still won the Super Bowl. But they made it worse after this offseason. And Travis Kelsey uh, is limited in practice earlier today. Um, they don't know if he's going to play or not yet. Uh, Chris Jones is going to play. But he missed the entire offseason. So, I mean, I'm sure that he was working out on his own because he'd be a fool if he wasn't. Um, but still, just, he's a defensive tackle. He's not going to be in game shape. You are not but, in game shape unless you are working and, out with the team. I mean, a lot of people would call me crazy, but I would take Josh Allen over. Uh, I'm talking about the defensive Josh Allen. I'm not talking about quarterback. Josh Allen over uh, Chris Jones. Because some people might have thought I was going Josh Allen over uh, Patrick Mahomes because I would never do that. But. <laughs> I was legit about to correct you. I thought you were trying to say Trevor Lawrence over Patrick Mahomes, which, once again, I don't think it's crazy as that might sound in some regards, but it's kind of crazy. 
No, I, I like uh, the defenseman, uh, Josh Allen, a lot. Uh, like, he, like, wreaks some havoc against the Colts, and that's what he always does. Just, yeah, I think on both sides of the ball, Jacksonville wins this game. Like, adding Kelvin Ridley, uh, man, he had a great opening week after missing the entire year last year. I was, I was wondering, like, like, I mean, I knew that he could still play football, but, like, you never know after a guy misses an entire year if they're going to be able to, like, play at the level that once played at. And he sure did. And if he plays like this every single week, he's better than his former self when he was with the Falcons. I mean, Christian Kirk's still a beast to have. Travis uh, uh, Etienne. Yep. I can never say his name. Evan uh, Ingram. <laughs> weird uh, I have, yep, Ingram at uh, tight end. And... I think Lawrence is definitely figuring it out. He's still, I don't know. I still think he's a project, but I think he has the perfect coach to like complete the project. I really feel like there's, there's not a better coach out there for him than Doug Peterson. And just, yeah, I, I do like the fact that it's, uh, mentor versus mentee i always like it when it's andy reed versus doug peterson but uh yeah i think that the student is gonna get one on the teacher this time i was wondering i was like as you kept talking i was trying to think about it. i was like did he actually make a pick in there but i'm glad you came back around so you were also taking the jags in this game huh yeah, yeah. we are rolling with the jacksonville jaguars and uh quick uh, future Chad, I don't remember what the Calvin Ridley deal is, so please flash that up onto the screen for us because whatever it was, it's a steal, especially just after week one because everyone else in the league could have gotten this guy because he was suspended for that year. And if he plays like this or even half as good like as this for the rest of the year, every other league or every other team in this league looks like an idiot for not at least, you know, kicking the tires on Calvin Ridley and trying to get a deal done. I agree with you on that one. I, he outplayed my expectations. I didn't have very high expectations for him in week one, and I was impressed. I will say that. I was impressed. So, And I like Jacksonville, so it makes me happy that they got him. Me too, and I love Calvin Ridley, and I like rooting for Jacksonville. So once again, it was a perfect storm, if you will. And I didn't get him on a single fantasy team, and I hate myself for it. Yeah, there's a few players that I feel that way. Like, oh man, I had a chance of getting this guy, and I passed up on it. What was I thinking? Um, moving on to 3:25 on Sunday, we have the first game of the late slate. We have the 1-0 San Francisco 49ers traveling to the 1-0 Los Angeles Rams. 49ers are only a 7.5 point favor with a 44 point over under. I don't think I'm going to pick against San Francisco in a single game this year. I just I just don't know. Like Unless like they start falling like flies, I just don't see... How I like, I mean, I'm sure they'll lose some games, but like their matchups and like on paper, I just don't see them losing games. Yeah. Like, and it, it just I, logical good conscience. There is looking at it, no reason to pick against San Francisco for the rest of the year 
barring something crazy happening or you just wanting to be a smart ass because uh, from top to bottom they're the best team on paper we've been waiting for brandon Ayuk to break out for a couple years now and every year it's always like this is going to be his year this is going to be his year he had a big week one and this actually might be it like i think that He's going to become, like, the true number one, like, receiver. Debo is going to be more used as a back with Christian McCaffrey. And, yeah, I think that Kittle is going to slowly kind of get phased out only because of injuries. I just don't think he's going to be – something he's going to be healthy the whole year. He never is. Um, so, I think that they're kind of – the way they're – like, and he had a good game on Sunday – but I still kind of think they're like trying to work away from him because of the fact they want to keep him on the field because he's a good blocker too. So, but yeah, like you said, in good conscience, how could you pick against San Francisco? And our friend Tommy the Gun just freaking out in the first quarter saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl and that Brock Pur Purdy might be the NFL MVP this year. It's like, that guy's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I did once again pick San Francisco to go to the Super Bowl this year in our way too early predictions and i'm sticking to my guns i i really after week one i felt pretty good about that pick there's not a chance that purdy's winning mvp though not a chance in hell he's too much of a game manager to like there's a man christian named christian mccaffrey, mccaffrey on that way team. better what i said there's a man named christian mccaffrey yeah. on that team who has a way better shot at the mvp award Moving on to the next game. This one's interesting. It's uh, 325. We have the 0-1 New York Giants traveling to the 0-1 Arizona Cardinals. The Giants are favored by 5.5 with a 40-point over-under. The Cardinals put up a really good fight against the Commanders. They didn't win it, but they did a lot better than I thought they were going to do. And I actually thought for a while they were going to actually like pull it out. Um uh, I don't know. Uh, Josh Dobbs is, looked like a legit NFL quarterback. It was didn't have any expectation for him really. Like starting this game, they just got he's only been on the team for two weeks. Like he wasn't even in training camp. It, it's, it's it's I don't know. They're weird. I don't know why they did what they did, but they almost won. Then you got the Giants, who I, just, I couldn't even tell you what happened during that game. I tuned out like. Right after the, pretty much right after they blocked that field goal and ran it back for a touchdown, and it was 7 nothing. I'm like, I'm playing my Switch. Uh, <laughs> and they, yeah, I had the game on in the background, but yeah, the Cowboys, that defense is just so good that it, I don't think it's really going to matter about Dak Prescott, but I don't know about the Giants anymore. I like they've paid Daniel Jones and now he's content and Saquon Barkley's trying but that offense is horrid and that defense just didn't do shit and yeah, it there was a lot I don't even I don't I don't like the Giants anymore <laughs> I don't uh but then they're playing the Cardinals I part of me I'm going for it I'm saying the Cardinals are winning this game I just feel like I know the Giants are going to be angry, but I also think that they're going to get in their head too much 
because they just got stomped by the Cowboys. Now they're playing the team that's predicted to be the worst team in the league. And I know last week I said I wasn't going to pick Arizona at all this season. It's week two. I'm already doing it. But I got the feeling. Situationally, I just think the, the Giants are out of their depth right now. And they're a little bit like the Bears. And I think that they're trying to find themselves and I think they're gonna have problems for the first couple weeks. And I think that Arizona, it's gonna be a close one. I think Arizona is probably gonna hang on, like be down like a score for in the fourth quarter and then just strike. It's coming maybe something similar to what happened with the Jets and the Bills, something like that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's all I really got to say about that. As my name, states down in the corner there as you can see it says chad r-e-l-a-x smith and it wasn't a dig at aaron Rodgers that i put that in there it is because everyone does need to relax it was week one no one was as bad or as good as they seemed maybe some teams are close to as good or as bad as they seemed but no one is truly what they were in week one and I think this is an easy get right game for the Giants. I think that yes, they got outclassed and it really, when the game starts out the way that it did and you immediately are down 17 points in basically the first three to five minutes of a game, it's a really hard uphill climb and against a defense like the Cowboys, who if you give them a lead, all you have to do is say to your pass rushers, who they have about 12 billion of, that, hey, just go get the quarterback. They have to throw the ball. You're never gonna win that game. The Cardinals, they don't have a billion pass rushers. They don't have even a I know that they held the game close against Riverboat Ron and the commies, but folks, they are the chickens and they are not nearly as good as advertised as week one. I think the chickens are the worst team in the NFL still. Give me the Giants. This is a bonus lock of the week. Things over there, I will remember which way to point, never. And bonus lock, take the points, eat the points. The Giants are gonna win this game. And Saquon Barkley is going to run all over that. I mean, you're probably right. But I just, you know, sometimes when you got that feeling, and I know you you get that too sometimes, and sometimes you just got to ride that feeling because sometimes it works out for you. So going with it. And maybe, maybe it's just my subconscious saying, I need to give Chad a game. Make it a little close early on. You're a nice Don't guy. Too early. Uh, moving on to the next game. 325 for Monday night. This game was an interesting matchup. Now it's like uh, we all know who's going to win. We have the 1 0 New York Jets traveling to the 1 0 Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by nine and a half. And yeah, I, yeah, I think that's about right. It's a 39 and a half over under. I do think that if I was betting on that, I'd go with the under because of the fact the Jets might literally have the best defense. They might be the best two defenses in the NFL. So I, I'm going, well, Cowboys 
And so I think, yeah, there's only going to be 31 points scored in this game. Because I think that the Jets are good enough to hold the Cowboys to 21 points. I just don't think they're going to be able to score any points. I I mean, I don't believe in Zach Wilson at all anymore. Like, I wanted to give him, like, I really wanted him to ball out on Monday night, and he just didn't. He has no confidence. That could be because, I mean, he wasn't expecting to play. He wasn't expecting to play for two years. <laughs> so, like, yeah, four plays off. Oh, throwing you in there. I mean, that could have something to do with it, but I don't I have a feeling that the the touchdown that they're going to score and that 10 points that I predict is going to be a defensive touchdown. Uh, but, yeah, so I got the Cowboys. No I, doubt. I, I have nothing to add to this. I feel we talked in length about the Jets kind of earlier, and the Cowboys' defense is as advertised as it was last year, and we still will have questions about their offense after this game. Dallas wins this game going away. I'm not going to put any money on it because it just, it feels dirty betting on this game. So if I was, I would agree with you. I would take Dallas and the under because the only way I think this game hits the over is if Dallas scores all of those points. And with the Jets defense, that ain't happening unless Zach Wilson throws six pick sixes. Yeah, but... I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of Brees Hall and Delvin Cook in this game. Um, Maybe just I a think, touch. I mean, I that's the only way they have a chance to even win this game. Like, if they didn't have those guys, it would just be their season would be done. But uh, it's nice to see that Brees Hall didn't miss a step after that ACL tear, though. Man, he looked electric on Monday night. I like that guy a lot. Love me some Brees Hall. There's a lot of fun running backs in the NFL. As much as it's being devalued at, you know, the monetary value, there's a lot of fun running backs to watch in the NFL. There are. Interesting enough, I just saw, I know this has nothing to do with either team we're talking about, but Tariq Cohen, the Bears' former running back, I just got signed to uh, the Carolina Panthers practice squad. I was always a big fan of him, even though he was a Bear. That guy was pretty electric. He was kind of shifty, like, uh, 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 what was that guy's name for the Broncos uh, holiday? The like kick returner, the really short dude back in like uh, Peyton Manning days. Kenny Galladay? No, not Galladay. Holiday. Oh, I, I don't know. We, Sorry. Like, this guy you would draft in Madden every single time in a fantasy draft because he had 100 speed. Oh, I do know what you're talking about, but I can't remember what his name is. That's I... who he reminded me of. Yeah, I know his last name was Holiday. I can't remember his first name. I feel like it started with a V. But, uh, yeah, that's here nor there. Moving on to the final game of the 325 slate. We have the 1-0 Washington Commanders traveling to the 0-1 Denver Broncos. Denver is favored by 3.5 with a 38.5 point over-under. We got in this game and why? I am... For one last time. One last time. This is your last shot. I swear to God. I told you. You were washed if you lost last week. And you did. But you know what? I'm like a spurned lover. Because I'm coming back for one more try. Let's ride, Russell. Give me the Broncos in this game. Because boy howdy. 
Sean Payton, you better find out, figure out a way to beat Riverboat Ron at your own damn game, okay? And I swear, if Russell Wilson, you can't beat Jimmy G, like, you're done. I'm done. I, I legitimately, I, I will learn my lesson after this week. I promise you all, if the Denver Broncos lose, but one more time, one time, you got to win this game. You have to win a game here. Come on, right? They're going to win this game, and I'll tell you why they're going to win this game. The game they played against the Raiders was like the same scenario as Seattle and the Rams. They have always had problems with the Raiders. It's a division rival. Like that's one That's one worry I always have when you go against your division rival or one of your biggest rivals like week one is that if you lose that game, it's almost like losing two games. It, like, it hurts that much, and it can affect your psyche, but it also can do the exact opposite. Losing that game can light a fire under you, and they don't have Nathaniel Hackett as their head coach anymore. They have crazy Sean Payton, and I think that he worked their asses in practice this week, and they're going to come ready to play, and they're going to win this game. I I don't have any doubts in that. I just... I, feel Denver is better than they were last year. It was week one, as we've been talking about, and they played division rival. Washington is decent, but I just don't think they're good enough to win this game. And I don't think Sam Howell is a great quarterback. That's all I have to say about the commies. Till they prove me wrong. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, Let's yeah, ride! If you compare his two career starts to Jordan Love's two career starts, you are correct, Chad. He isn't any good. But, uh... <laughs> Man, how many more Packers references are you going to loop back into this? They were the first freaking game we picked way back when for this noon slate. I mean, I'm excited, okay? Like, this I is a different it. kind of excitement, though. You know what I mean? It's not the same old excitement. It's It's different, and I like it. And that's why I can't stop talking about it. But uh, I'm not going to go in depth in it because we got a show to do here and it's getting late. Moving on to Sunday Night Football, 7.20 on NBC. We have the 1-0 Miami Dolphins traveling to the 0-1 New England Patriots. The Miami Dolphins are favored by 2.5 with a 46.5 point over under and the only way I can see it getting that high is like you said with the Cowboys is Miami scores all those points and with see that doesn't make any sense to me with a two and a half point favorite so I don't know what Vegas is thinking here I I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of people think it's going to be I don't think that Miami's just going to run away with it either like I just I think Miami's going to win but like New England has heart, and I think they're going to be one of these teams that are going to face a lot of diversity in the beginning of the season, and then come towards the last quarter of the season, they're going to remember that, and they're going to be like Geno Smith last season. They're not going to write back. Like they're saving all of this. I'm telling you, I almost I don't know when the Dolphins and the Patriots like play again. But I have a feeling that Miami's going to win this game in New England, and then New England's going to beat the Dolphins later in the season. 
I'm going Miami this game, but I do think it's going to be closer than a lot of people are predicting. I think that I, dude, I do like New England. Like, if they didn't have Mac Jones, they could actually be a really good team. But they have a really. But we good do defense. have Mac Jones. I know. I, just, I don't understand. They had perfect opportunity to just like be done with them. But sorry, Chad. I'm going with Miami. I I don't blame you one iota for going with Miami. I just really, you know what, Roger? I I get it. I know that we have to play Miami twice in a year, but really. We have to play Philly and then Miami. I know the games are both at home, but still, that's how we have to open the mother effing season. Like, come on, throw us a bone. Why couldn't we have played Houston or Arizona or anyone who isn't a freaking division winning team? Like, New like, Orleans. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't make the playoffs last year why are we being beaten down on to start the year off it's not cool i told you it's it's karma you win it's all those just, championships you go to all those super bowls like it gotta come back and bite you in that at some point and you knew it was gonna happen chad I you did. knew once tom brady left that the patriots there were gonna be some lean years but I mean, Bill Belichick isn't getting any younger either. I just, at this point, I now am more mad about Mac Jones being the quarterback than anything because everyone, like I've talked to, is like, hey, he had a pretty good game though, Chad. And I go, yeah, he had a pretty good game. But if we had an actual quarterback, the Patriots would have lit that game up and we would have beat the freaking team that was in the Super Bowl last year. The Patriots dominated that game. They had so many chances to win that game if Mac Jones isn't just a Clydesdale of a human being who can't get out of his own damn way. And once again, folks, I'm not, I'm in my 30s and I'm not the most athletic of people either. So I'm not trying to say that I could do it myself. But you know what, when you can look at the play and Mac Jones stands there and the pocket is collapsing and there is green grass to the left and to the right and no one there and yet his chunky big ass can't get out there to do it. It's infuriating because the rest of the team is trying so goddamn hard to will them to win. Peppers on the defense forced a ridiculous fumble by Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter to give us a shot. And what'd you do with that shot, Mac Jones? You pissed it into the wind. And then what'd you do when they gave you another shot? When Hunter Henry saved your ass by making a miraculous fourth down catch when you threw the ball five feet to the left and somehow he caught the ball anyways? You pissed it away by throwing the ball too far outside. Yeah, the receiver could have got his foot down, but you throw the ball a little bit more inside, that's not a problem. I am not going to pick the New England to win this game. I want to, I really do, because the defense is good enough to win this game, but Mac Jones isn't, and he's going <laughs> to for us. So I hate myself and whatever. I will I'd gladly eat this humble pie if they do win, but I'm, I'm taking Miami to win this game because shit i just i don't like anything right now 
Well, I was thinking to myself when you were talking about how you're not the most athletic person, and I was imagining myself like being put in the situation of being an NFL quarterback, and I think it would go a lot like uh, it went for Geno Smith against Aaron Donald when he just screamed, "Oh my god!" Hundred <laughs> percent. That was hilarious. Like you saw him out of the corner of his eye. Oh my god. That's how I would feel if I saw Aaron Donald out of the corner of my eye as well. It wouldn't even just be Aaron Donald every single play. But oh my god. Oh my god. I'm not even like I'm. You can snap it to me, and I'm just pitching it every single oh. time. Wow. Moving on, we had two Monday night games this week. It's weird that it, they fell on week two. Usually it happens on week one. Yeah. Very odd. Very odd. But uh, the first game is at 6.15 p.m. Central Time on Monday night. We have the 1-0 New Orleans Saints traveling to the 0-1 Carolina Panthers. Three-and-a-half point favors our New Orleans with a 40-point over-under. We got you know what? You picked the Arizona Cardinals earlier on in the show. And I said it last week and you know what? I'm going to I'm going to ride. I'm going to ride with it. I'm a Bryce Young believer. I think those two interceptions that he threw last week on the exact same play to the exact same guy on the exact same route will be a hopefully a teachable moment and he will pull his head out of his ass. And understand that you just have to throw the ball where the safeties aren't. And everyone plays too high. So there's always a safety right there on that high post. But I digress. I'm going to take Carolina to win this game. Because as much as I do think that the Saints are going to maybe win this division. Because someone has to. I also just don't believe in the coaching staff really. You just beat the Tennessee Titans by a point and it was close like it was it was really close and you were at home and it was the Titans and so I really the Saints left a really nasty taste in my mouth and I guess I respect Atlanta more than I respect Tennessee so the Carolina loss isn't as bad as the New Orleans win if that makes any sense I'm taking Carolina <laughs> Chris Olave. That's all I got to say. I, dude, that guy, he had a good game on Sunday. Yeah. And, uh, uh, God damn it, I can't think of his name right now. Michael Thomas. He actually, he didn't do too bad. He had a few catches, and he was actually moving around the best I've seen him move since 2019 when he set the touchdown record. Like, I don't know. They got some good receivers. Uh, Alvin Kamara is still not there, so that goes against them. Derek Carr is still a gunslinger, so he's going to throw his picks. I I really do feel like this game is a coin flip, uh, especially with it also being a division matchup. Uh, I also kind of feel like people are going to tune into this game for the beginning and then flip over to the next one when the one starts an hour later. And I think people are going to miss actual great finish to this game because I mean, that NFC self does have a way of like having those games that go right down to the wire and have you on the edge of your seat. 
I'm going with New Orleans mainly for the fact that you went with Carolina, and as I said, it's a coin flip, and I could literally see it going either way here. I, I'm i not sold on Bryce Young yet, but it's still really early. I, The jury's still out. I'm not going to make a decision. I'll make a decision whether he's good sooner than I'll make whether he's bad. I'll give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Um, and that was week one, and like he had it was the first NFL game he's ever played. I'm not gonna like those. Those were pretty bad interceptions, but he had nerves. Let me give the guy a break. I'm going New Orleans, basically, like I said, because you're going Carolina, and this game's gonna go either way. I think it's gonna go right down to the wire, though. That's how it happens in the NFC South, but. Moving on to the other Monday night game at 7.15, we have the Cleveland Browns, who are 1-0, traveling to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 0-1. Cleveland is favored by two with a 39.5 point over under. It's crazy to see uh, Cleveland favored in a Pittsburgh game. That never happens. Yeah, that's a, a wild thing. Uh, maybe a uh, future chat, do a little research, see the last time Cleveland was favored in a game against Pittsburgh. And that'll be up on the screen now. <laughs> okay. Um, I I don't know about Pittsburgh. They're kind of like the Giants for me. Like, I came into last week thinking that Pittsburgh was going to be a sleeper team, you know? And they definitely were asleep on Sunday. That's for sure. They, I don't know. Part of me just wants to chalk it up that they were playing San Francisco 49ers. And, but they also played super bad. The only player that like really did anything in that game was TJ Watt. Um, man, I'm, I'm going to chalk it up that they were playing the 49ers. And Cleveland, yeah, I feel like this game... Because Cleveland didn't play great against Cincinnati, but they still won 24-3. Deshaun Watson, almost a Jackson. Great receiver, though. Deshaun uh, Watson, great he did not look great. Um, but he looked good. I still don't know how to feel about Deshaun Watson at this point as a player. Like, I mean, like before when he was a Texan, I was sold on him. I thought he was going to be like one of the greats of this generation, but he's missed so much time and it's just, I need to see more. I think I said that last week too. I need to see more from Deshaun Watson before my verdict is out on him. Oh, this is a really tough one to pick because like, I really want to go with Pittsburgh, but like my brain is just saying Cleveland, like Chubb is going to run all over them. Like, like, I don't know. It seemed like the only, like literally, the only person that showed up was T.J. Watt, and they have a good defense too. So I don't know. It had to have been San Francisco. It had to have been that offense is just how. Who's going to stop that offense? I'm going with Cleveland just because my brain is screaming at me to pick Cleveland, but like there is a part of me that's saying you're a fool. It's Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. Pittsburgh always wins. 
That is really where I am of two minds, and I will immediately eat my slice of humble pie because I I said I was really high on Pittsburgh last week. I really thought they could beat San Francisco because I said that I needed Brock Purdy to prove it. And boy, howdy, did he prove it. And boy, howdy, did Pittsburgh make me look like an ass. But this week, I think Pittsburgh will play a lot better. This is a division game. This is a Browns team that I think is ascending. I think there's a lot of good pieces on the Browns. And as I said, I thought they would beat the Bengals last week. Not really as much because I think that the Browns are so much better than the Bengals, but I think they are more put together right now. They played through the preseason. Basically the whole squad played together because none of these guys had played together. Deshaun Watson, while he didn't play great, he looked more tuned up than 90% of the quarterbacks in the NFL because he played a fair amount in the preseason. And I think this is another game where it's, as my man Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty would say, with a wubba lubba dub dub. Lubba dub dub! It's chubba lubba dub dub time. And he is just going to run the ball down Pittsburgh's throat because TJ Watt can't do it all. He is right now the only player on their defense who seems to be awake. And this is wild. I know Mike Tomlin will figure this out by the end of the season and Pittsburgh will finish above 500 because they always do. It's what they do in Mike Tomlin's era. But man, they looked bad. And I know San Francisco is really good. And I said, relax, no one is as bad or good as we saw in week one, but It just, that line looked horrendous. And once again, giving the ball to your star running back, who you drafted in the first round, only six times throughout the entire game. Yes, I know you were getting blown out, but there are swing passes. There are screen. There's hundreds of different ways to get the ball in your star player's hands and you can't get the ball in Najee Harris's hands. I think Matt Canada should have been fired 100 years ago, and yet he is still there. The Steelers are just a bad offense, and I just don't see them being able to win this game. It'll be close because it's Pittsburgh versus the Browns, and that's just the kind of game it will be. It'll be a slugfest, but I think Chubble Up a Dub Dub takes them down in the end. Give me the Browns as well. Do you hear that voice like in the back of your head saying, you fool, it's Pittsburgh. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I can uh, see Mike Tomlin with his arms crossed behind his back with that shitting smirk on his face, just laughing at me as I pick the Browns to win. I, I feel like it's really interesting that through the first two weeks, everybody in the, or AFC North has played a division game. So... It's very possible that the Ravens and the Browns both are 2-0 and and the Bengals and the Steelers are 0-2 and the Browns and the Ravens are kind of brothers. Yeah, yeah, you know, they are... That's the same father. They do, and the one left to become the other one and, you know, just left their stuff behind. Yeah. Start fresh, start new. It's crazy, like two years later, like, yeah, we're expansion team in Cleveland. We're gonna call them the Browns. <laughs> guys, 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 whirlwind idea. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but you know how everyone says, 
that when you take a shit, it's called a Cleveland steamer, we should call the team the Browns and bring them back. And that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Do you have any like final thoughts for week two? Like, no, uh, I do. I do have Predators, one. Man. I have I have one final thought. It's not for week two. It's not for the NFL. It is actually a present for you, Diesel. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and a Merry Kwanzaa to you. From now on, you don't have to say any of our social media stuff because we have a graphic for it that will pop up. So don't you worry about that. And folks, if you're listening to the audio version, you'll just have to look in the description because that's where the social media stuff will be. But, you know, I just, I couldn't watch you struggle anymore. Felt bad. And I, uh, you know, I talked to Channing over in his corner, all tied up. And I got him to work on it. And we got something done for you. That is the greatest gift I've ever been given in my life. I appreciate it, Chad. Uh, my final thoughts are the scriptwriters really know what they're doing. They had a compelling uh, season premiere uh the way that episode ended with that plot twist with aaron Rodgers going down right away like chef's kiss they couldn't have wrote it any better and like what they did with the matchups for week two like i think this is going to be a good season season 104 they finally they finally got it humming nailed it these uh took them a while but they've they've really they've really cracked the code thought back in like season 50 something they were gonna get canceled but and they're still going strong keep coming back around like a soap opera will never stop i mean technically wouldn't they be the longest episode episodic running tv show <laughs> whatever the line is that wwe always says for monday Night raw i mean just another one of wwe's lies this isn't a wwe podcast we don't need to get into that right now I mean, I do want to get into something about that, though. Did you see how bad Monday Night Football demolished Monday Night Raw, though? Yeah, it uh, it's it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, like, football's back, baby, and, to, like, I don't know how they do it, but the ratings just keep on going up and up and up. That's how they afford to pay these players these contracts, man. But, like, we were talking on Thursday, too. I know this random in the show, but, like, we're talking, where's the line? Like, there's got to be a line. There's got to be a line where it's like, oh, we don't have any more money to pay you. <laughs> We're not even close yet. <laughs> it's like every time this quarterback gets the highest paid quarterback in NFL history, and the next one beats it, and the next one beats it. Remember back in, like, 99 when Brett Favre signed for, like, $30 million, highest paid quarterback in NFL history, and everyone's like, he's getting paid too much. Yeah. That was for like five years. <laughs> yeah, a little Man. different. They're making a little bit more money changed. though now as well. It was it was you know later. a million dollar thing. Now well, it's I mean, multi billion dollars. I mean the dollar has definitely devalued as well, so that adds a little part to play in it. Okay, and now we are definitely not a financial podcast, so we are inflation, so far inflation. off base here. All that stuff has to play into it, and not to mention. The cheap, greedy, rich owners. Goddamn. Tell the boy that he doesn't have to do social media stuff and he dives down six extra rabbit holes at the end of the show. I don't know how to close this thing anymore, man. <laughs> Say, hey, folks, check out the graphic. Those are our social media tags. 
Make sure to leave a comment down below to like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends, your neighbors, and uh, let's watch the football. I mean, I don't think I need to do that anymore because you just did it. So make sure you put the graphics on right there when you say all that, because I'm not saying that again. I just feel like that'll be repetitive. So, I mean, I guess I'll just sign off and I guess I'll thank Chad for his uh, kind gift. And thank you for all of you for watching or listening and joining us on this fine evening, afternoon or morning. Uh, whenever you're enjoying this podcast, whatever you, I don't even know, whatever. Uh, for my good buddy and the Dadalac, Chad, the pop father, well, pop figures, I am Diesel. We'll see you next week for week three, but before that, let's watch some football. Bye. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media. Envisioning excellence on a global scale.